We've been talking this week on Culture File with net artist Ben Grosser, who spent much of the last decade writing software that explores and exploits the poetics of the user interface and the forces at play there. Projects such as his Facebook Demetricator, a browser plug-in to remove distracting like counts, or his more recent Minus, a hundred-post limited social network, are works that live exclusively online. His is exactly, you might think, the sort of work that in recent times has been caught up in the world of NFTs, a technology which at its base has been about fusing value to otherwise intangible, infinitely reproducible internet artworks. So Ben Grosser must be enthusiastic about the explosive valuations that NFTs have brought to the online world. <laughs> yes, um, no, that's not my response at all. One of the things I most love about net art and digital art is that I can imagine and create an aesthetic experience. In my case, it's often about the effects, the cultural effects of software. And I can hand a copy of that to anyone else anywhere, and they can have the almost identical, if not identical, aesthetic experience. And it can go out into the world for free, and it doesn't cost me any more um, to produce it than it did to produce one. And I feel like those conditions are part of what has led to some of what I think of as you know really great critical work within the net art and digital art communities. And then as soon as the NFTs emerged, I saw a lot of things change in my world, which a good example would be that a lot of the artists that I follow and whose work I've been interested in over time, their feeds on, on say, Twitter or Instagram or whatever it was, all of a sudden turned into advertisements for work on NFT platforms and posts about upcoming auctions and imminent drops and like, you know, announcing every bid. And, and you would see some of these artists also even go in and erase their own websites from their, say, their Twitter bios and replace them with links to their page on crypto art platforms. And this drove me crazy because uh, all of a sudden a lot of the criticality is going out the door and there's kind of this gold rush frenzy around just production of work. Very little to do with what the art might have been. So I made a work kind of, you know, in, in live time as I was watching all this happen and you know, part of what they talk about with NFTs is the idea of tokenization. You know, the the, the non-fungible token is is the thing that gets you know sold, and it's a it's a, essentially a certificate of ownership for a piece of art, maybe online, like a JPEG that's sitting on a server somewhere. The receipt, we sometimes say. Yeah, essentially, it made me think. Well, what if I could make something that really is just absolutely resistant? to this entire new economy. And so I made this work called Tokenize This, and it's a website at tokenizethis.link. And if you go to it, you are presented with your unique, what I call it, like your unique digital object. It is a, um, a banal kind of just gradient, custom gradient with, uh, with a, a code that's kind of embedded into it. Aesthetically, it's not a particularly interesting thing, but what What's notable about it is that the moment it is presented to you and it comes with a custom URL, you know, it kind of loads at a custom page, that page will never be available for anyone else ever for the rest of time. Basically, the, 
the object is destroyed the right after you it's created for you. Any any attempt to visit that URL in the future returns a 404 not found. The object is just gone forever. The conventional art market, which has paid almost no attention to most of the art that I focus on in the world, um, um, very little net art or digital art in, in the conventional art world. I don't think they love the turn towards the digital in, in this space. They don't have any experience or expertise in it. They haven't cultivated that within their own ranks. And if we look at the people, for example, you know, the 69, the kind of the thing that, that, that really animated all this, the $69 million JPEG, you, you can like or not like people, but to for that to be the pinnacle of digital art in terms of the market, um, I think is reflective of how much the market doesn't really understand. You know, is the market isn't about what's good art. The market is about what produces profit in in the market. One of the questions that continually arises is how do we resist this? Like, what is the substance of the resistance? And I guess the work you make is the art of the resistance, but for people who aren't making art, the directions out of the jungle of social media platforms are not really apparent. It doesn't seem possible to be a contemporary citizen without using them. Where are you leading us? A lot of people need to be on the platforms. They've become the de facto communication methods for many of us. I mean, telejournalists, you just, just get off Twitter, you know, and most of them, well, that's part of my job. And a lot of people feel that social media is, is part of their employment, or maybe it's literally part of their employment. And it's also how they keep in touch with family and friends. And we don't have any other public infrastructure to replace it with. It's important to remember, we can't just exit. We need alternatives. And so part of what I'm interested in with my work is, and what I try to do with it is first, to help us imagine alternatives. And I'd say that's, minus is a great example of like, what if we really just turn this whole idea of, of more, more, more on its head and, and built in limits? Even though, you know, I write the code and, and make that possible, I think the ideas behind the works can be enacted by anyone without the works themselves. I mean, Go Rando, you know, is this project that randomizes your reaction. Basically, when you click like on Facebook, it randomly selects haha, love, sad, angry, care, whatever for you. But you don't need Go Rando to randomly select a reaction. You know, there's no reason that just because Facebook asks, how are you feeling today, that you should say how you're feeling. You can be super experimental in these spaces and think about, well, if Facebook really wants this from me, what's something else I could give it that would have nothing to do with the thing it wants and would turn this into something that's more of what I want? That, of course, can sometimes make for a less direct environment. But it also draws attention to the fact that we are constantly reporting how we feel to these systems all the time. And it's important to think about who benefits from this exchange. You know, why is the system built the way it is? When it asks for a particular kind of data, when it makes you focus on, on the numbers rather than the content, what is that doing? How is it changing who we are and what we do and how we think? who most benefits and, and who's made most vulnerable by this exchange. 
Ben Grosser there, and you can find more of his artwork on bengrosser.com. The exhibition Software for Less is at the Arbeit Gallery London until October 23rd.